Welcome back to TV Podcast Industries. This time we're talking about The Bad Batch, Season 2, Episode 3, The Solitary Clone. Tell me something, Crosshair. This new empire. Are we making the galaxy better? We're soldiers. We do what needs to be done. You know what makes us different from battle droids? We make our own decisions. Our own choices. And... We have to live with them too. Fellow clonies, baddies, and batchers. Yes, we're talking about The Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 3, The Solitary Clone. And I'm one of your hosts, Chris. I'm one of your other hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow batchers. I am the third and final host, John. Welcome. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we're all separate people, not the same clone. No. That's how this works. Yes. Unfortunately. <laughs> it would be a lot easier. No, it would be a lot more boring, actually, if we're all exactly the same clone, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, but we Clone Force ninety nine, so we'd all be slightly unique. Yes. But I just don't know. Mine would be just really bad puns. That like really bad puns. That would be the uniqueness. So make your they're not even make your good ones. Kill themselves is what you mean. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Do you remember that Monty Python sketch about the the, the most dangerous joke ever? Uh, yes. yes, yes, that's basically what my my super kind of clone power would be: like running that. forward, telling a bad joke, hoping that they would die. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Monty Python or bad jokes. We are here to talk about the Bad Batch, and this episode is it takes a turn. We are going into the remaining member. Of Clone Force 99, of the Bad Batch, or the X-Member. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. We, we get to see different perspectives of the Galactic Empire. For, uh, top thoughts before we get into, really, it. What did you think? I uh, I love this. Mm-hmm. Um, favorite episode so far. I know we're only into episode three, but uh, this was really dark, and uh, I kind of really enjoyed it. Um, it was good to finally... Uh, reconnect uh, with Crosshair, um, and yeah, it was good. Just I, I just thought this was classic uh, Dave Filoni sort of Clone Wars Bad mm-hmm. Batch, where it's great animation um, and goes really kind of you know into places that you wouldn't expect it to go. So I, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, there was definitely a moment in this one where we went, hang on a second, is this supposed to be for kids or not? <laughs> and I'm sure we'll talk yes. about that one as we get into our oh, spoiler-filled discussion. Yes, yes, and that's exactly it. We're in a very spoiler-filled discussion, ladies and gentlemen. So if you have not watched episode three, pause, go take a break, have a coffee, watch it. It's 20 something minutes, come back, and we'll be here. But those of you who have, we're going to jump straight into our spoiler-filled discussion. Make sure you subscribe by heading on over to tvpodcastindustries.com and clicking all the links and the buttons and the places. And make sure you are following us everywhere for all the latest on The Bad Batch and all the shows we cover in 2023. But we're not here to talk about those shows. We are here to talk about The Bad Batch. So, Derek, do you want to tell us who gave us what, where, when, and how in this galactic story? Absolutely. Executive producers of the show are Dave Filoni and Jennifer Corbett. Uh, this episode was written by Amanda Rose Munoz. Uh, Amanda wrote episode 6 and episode 13 of The Bad Batch last season and has worked as a script supervisor on all of the animated Star Wars shows from Rebels, Resistance, Tales of the Jedi, The Bad Batch, and, of course, The Clone Wars as well. Uh, this episode was directed by Saul Ruiz. He has directed six episodes of The Bad Batch already, but this is his first for season two, and he also directed four episodes of Tales of the Jedi too. Excellent stuff. Yeah. Real uh, Star Wars animation alumni here. It is, yes. Family project yeah. uh, for The Bad Batch. And story editor once again, Matt McDevitz, who is the story editor for the show overall. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for episode three of season two of The Bad Batch, The Solitary Clone? Sure. Imperial Governor Grotan has been sent to the independent planet Desix to claim it for the Empire. But he meets with resistance from the current leader, Twani Amons, and her army of separatist droids. They take Grotten hostage while Twani negotiates with the Empire for her planet to remain independent. But Vice Admiral Rampart has a different plan. 
with the loyal former Bad Batch member Crosshair cleared for active duty after being rescued from Kamino, Rampart teams him up with Commander Cody to establish Imperial rule on Desix. On the planet, Crosshair and Cody make their way battling through all types of droids from battle droids and droid acres to commando droids and a tactical leader. They find Governor Grotten and Cody convinces Twani Ames to release him and negotiate terms, but Grotten orders them to kill the leader. Commander Cody hesitates, but all good clones follow orders, and Crosshair puts her down. Back at the Republic military base, Cody questions Crosshair on whether they are doing the right thing. Is the Republic bringing safety and security to the galaxy? The next day, Vice Admiral Rampart assigns Crosshair to a new mission. It seems that Commander Cody has gone AWOL during the night, like an increasing number of troops following Order 66. And we have the beginning of the desertions of the clones. Mm, lots of them. Well, at least the discussion of AWOL subjects happening. Yeah. Um, Gentlemen, let's jump into it. We we cover this, as usual, with the three blaster points. And with a few pew-pews, let's jump straight into blaster point number one, which is the return of Crosshair. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we we haven't seen Crosshair in the first two episodes of the series. Um, They were more concerned with the rest of the Bad Batch. Uh, And this time... Uh, the opposite. We get uh, only Crosshair in this episode. Don't get any of the Bad Batch at all. Don't understand. Don't don't know where any of them are. But uh, this is following on from the end of last season, where uh, Crosshair was left behind on the planet of of Camino. Um, the episode title for this one, the Solitary Clone, is uh, it kind of gives you a big description of what's going on with Crosshair. Um, every other clone seems to be really avoiding him. I know he doesn't have the nicest of dispositions anyway, but they all seem very suspicious of him. Uh, when he comes anywhere close to them, we hear from Commander Cody that the rumor of all of the Bad Batch not being, uh, not following Order 66 and turning on the Empire has kind of gotten around all of the troops. And this is why they give Crosshair a wide berth because people don't trust him. But also, yeah, as I say, not, uh, not the kindest or friendliest of clones anyway. Yeah, no, absolutely. I also wonder whether it's because he does have the, the Stormtrooper, um, sort of uniform in a sense that modified version um with the helmet because uh, I I'm kind of really enjoying this um just this time where you've still got clone troopers mm-hmm. but you see um you see the new stormtroopers coming in like when they have finally taken Desix and you see that the occupying force are made up of stormtroopers not clone troopers yet almost proto stormtroopers because they still had this weird cap top on top of the actual helmet as well yeah which i was like because i looked at it went oh my god that looks almost just so yeah you're right we're getting this transition towards what we lovably know of like new hope level kind of stormtroopers yeah and it's i mean so i think actually doing episode two i was i was saying clone troopers thinking but i thought we'd seen stormtroopers now so but so i like this kind of mix that that's happening and almost those competing factions within the empire at least within the the army Mm -hmm. and so i i thought this was really good and i think yeah Seeing Crosser just that he is, sleeps alone, he eats alone, he's kind of shunned by the other clones, um, and yeah, he he really embodies the title of this episode. Yeah. Um, in some ways, I was feeling a little sorry for him actually. You do, don't um, you? And you yeah. do wonder, like, I guess the other big thing from this episode, uh, certainly with the introduction of Commander Cody. Um, is just that notion of what the Empire is doing, how it compares to their former loyalties, which was the Republic. Mm-hmm. And certainly, you know, for Crosser, he has, um, you know, the four uh, members of Clone Force 99 as real examples of disobeying those orders Mm -hmm. and increasingly then you're seeing this happening uh, throughout at least the clone troopers so um you know he's being challenged all the time here with just the desertions that are are beginning to happen and and um, so i kind of really like that sort of underlying sort of play with crosshair's mind you know how long will he go on saying 
a soldier's duty is to follow orders, yeah. like unquestioningly. So, yeah. yeah. Well, it is, it is an interesting one. I think as the more and more we see about Order 66 and what happened in the aftermath of it, you know, it, it does kind of change my thought on how it originally came across when I watched Revenge of the Sith. I always thought it was kind of a switch went on and the clone troopers just instantly turned on the Jedi and killed them. That, that's it. Whereas the longer it goes on, the more you learn that what's built into the Order is the idea that the Jedi had turned on uh, on the Republic. They are... Uh, they become the enemy of the of the Republic, and it's almost a choice of the clones to follow that order or not. That's what we're kind of hearing now. And they all chose to follow because they are good soldiers and because it's built into them to be loyal. Absolutely. But you're hearing it from Commander Cody here as well. You know, they believe that this Order 66 was the right order at the time because the Jedi posed the biggest threat, effectively. But it used to feel like there was, as I say, a switch was turned on and they went bad. Um, but you're not. that doesn't seem to be the way it's bearing out as time is going there, on. There is still a switch, though, because there there's the inhibitor. Yeah. Um, so they're inhibiting or... I, so I think with the passage of time, I think you're right, I think they're beginning to question the order. Mm. But I think at the time, there is still this inhibitor, which was, I guess, to stop free choice. Um, and didn't work with all of them. Some of them, you know, it, it was faulty or, or damaged. And so there is still that element. It's not to say that they went bad. It's just mm-hmm. that it inhibited um, their free choice in, in a sense. And it didn't work for all of them. But as time moves on, then there's other questions being raised that aren't really... That they're, they're circumventing, they're surrounding that Order 66 yeah. about what's happening now. And that's what the inhibitor wasn't designed to do. Yeah. It's for a very specific purpose, I think. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. And, but I also think when the film came out, I think that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think as we are kind of retroactively retconning it, um, which is fine because that's what these shows have been doing the Clone Wars, Rebels. We've been diving into an area which we've just, they've been expanding. So I think back in the day, yes, when like it was a switch. Now I think it's more, as you guys have said, it was the inhibitor chip kind of played a role inhibiting against yeah. um, the actual going against whoever gave the order. Yeah. So would they have said the Jedi were bad, the inhibitor switches stopping the questioning of that order of being order 66 get rid of the enemy so i think that's kind of and we can see anyone with a faulty one was like wait hold on no they were my commander they Mm. were my general yeah like they they did nothing wrong and you can now start to see the conditioning is breaking with cody as they they have done more and more bad and i was gonna say badness but as, as as they become the bad guys mm-hmm. more and more so as part of this. Yeah. Yeah. You can see some of them hesitate, trigger, question. Yeah. And we see it in Cody. Cody, no more. Yeah. And it, it's also what TV, whether it's animation or live action, it can add the layers and the nuance to what I guess the the film uh, as a two and a half hour spectacle, mm-hmm. didn't have the leeway to do. So I, I think that's what's really good about absolutely. all of this, um, yeah. as well. So yeah, absolutely, you know, and, and if you remember, the turn of Captain Cody was probably the biggest moment in Revenge of the Sith because he was the one that was standing alongside Obi Wan, um, and when he gets the order, he turns on Obi Wan. And what we'd seen throughout the Clone Wars series was. He was always beside the Jedi. He was always fighting along their side. He was one of the biggest yeah. heroes of that show himself and Captain Rex, uh, the biggest two clone heroes of that show alongside the Jedi. And then to have him turn when he gets the order in is a massive twist for that character um, that you just see on screen for two seconds. As you say, John, a movie doesn't have the ability to uh, to give all the nuance to the story. But now him questioning that order a couple of years on after, after Order 66 or a while on after Order 66 is another big moment for uh, for the Bad Batch to tackle. So uh, I really like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I think as well, it's been it was good to have you know time with the prickly cold crosshair as well, and mm-hmm. just see 
um, how he's doing and that whole context uh, for him of these desertions yeah. and the, the these soldiers quest still questioning, you know, outside of Clone Force 99. But and yeah. certainly that prickly cold disposition probably brings us to blaster point two. Um, and that is our blaster point two is that attack on uh, Desix, uh, which um, I, I like the fact that they were so confident that this was all sort of under wraps and so on. And yet you have Governor Tawney effectively knowing that the Empire doesn't negotiate. This is, you know, this is an operation, a military operation. Mm-hmm. It's not diplomatic. Um, and I think, uh, I love the fact that that then plays out with this urban warfare through the, the streets of Desix, but with seeing some real good sharp shooting from, oh, yeah. from Crosshair. Absolutely. I just want to make one quick mention to the opening moments of the episode where we had the initial, um, approach to Desix because it's a very small touch, but I like that Governor Gatton, who's on board the ship with his, with his army, he looks really nervous to do this. It's like being sent in a really difficult job by your boss. He's, yeah. he's there going, I'm going to get into this planet that has said they're independent and tell them that I'm now their new governor. You know, it's like, it's, it's probably the worst task that you have. I hope they don't kill me or, or kidnap me <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, it's just like, I like that little touch of him. He, he does look nervous before he arrived. Uh, initially, I thought it was just because he doesn't like flying. It was something like that. But... Well, it, it's kind of the arrogance, isn't it? Really? Mm. I mean, it's interesting in this moment that what effectively they're taking over a planet it's not even just a city although that is the key to it but he's literally there with like eight or (laughs) ten troops (laughs) against an entire planet i mean that's the arrogance of the empire it's like you will just succumb and submit to um to this is our negotiation effectively because if you don't well then i guess Next uh, um, comes the the Star Destroyers and the orbital uh, bombing, I guess. But it, <laughs> exactly. it's just that. It's the threat that backs up those yeah. outer tent troopers is, is where it really comes from, isn't it? Um, yeah, we've reviewed your application for independence and it has been denied. <laughs> so I like that. But you're right, the battle through uh, through the streets of uh, of Desix. After initially the uh, the trooper forces that arrive with, with Cody and, and Crosshair after they get taken out of the sky pretty quickly uh, by the army of, uh, of separatist droids that, uh, that Tony seems to have um, at her fingertips. I love this, I must say, seeing all of the different versions of the separatist droids um, being under control of, uh, of Tony and them having the tactical droid uh, kind of la- layering wave after wave of these, uh, of these separatist droids against the, uh, against the troopers. I think that's a really cool uh, yeah. moment for this episode. It, they didn't fully explain how she rewired them or re kind of programmed. It was mm. just then, it was just kind of crosshair going, she must have reprogrammed them. All right, there you go. Yeah, that's it. We, we, don't <laughs> have, we don't have time in a 28 minute episode yeah. to do that. <laughs> um, I, I enjoyed this yeah. because I always enjoyed our Roger Rogers. Mm-hmm. Um, they were always kind of the comedic fun <laughs> yeah. sometimes yeah. to the, the foil of what was happening. Weren't they so annoying when we saw them first in Phantom Menace? They were such yes. a, such an annoyance to be on screen. But after seeing them for so long in the Clone Wars, and after seeing them now in Bad Batch as well, uh, they do make me laugh a lot more than they used to. Well, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I think they, they work better as well yeah. in animation like that. Yeah. Um, as well. It just it feels kind of more appropriate because, I mean, it... it in some ways, the comedy in the movies, it was set against, you know, dare I say it, George Lucas's talk of, you know, the, the politics mm-hmm. and the trade dispute. And it kind of like, it was so massively seriously dull, like some of the context of that that yeah. George Lucas introduced. <laughs> and then there was this real silliness, like to the roots of, mm-hmm. I guess, the whole, um, the whole franchise yeah. with the, it kind of was almost jarring that George Lucas had put on screen, you know, these formidable, mm. <laughs> um, you know, all, uh, sort of the other side of the war yeah. um, compared to like the clones or just some of the other discussions that he was introducing into this world, which I think, is why we have probably Andor and things like that, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of that. So that's great. But whether it worked for those movies, certainly 
for maybe older fans of the franchise. Mm. I don't know. I mean, at the time, yeah, I was like, oh my goodness. But yeah, grown to love them. Yeah. Yeah. And Roger, I think Roger. there was there was one I hadn't seen before, which was this more assassin like one at the very end that were jumping on the walls. Yes, the commando uh, droids. Yes. Yes, bro. I had I, I I obviously because I I've admitted it freely that I have never gone full all the way through the Clone Wars. Yeah. Um the animated. Yes, they're very uh, very present uh in in the Clone Wars uh, animated series. They're they're definitely uh definitely a formidable uh, foe. Uh, you wonder why they don't roll out more of them, but I presume they just take a little longer to build than the uh, than the <laughs> yes. pithy, uh battle droids. Um, but I, I, I kind of liked how they used each of these as almost layers of a video game uh, for the uh, for the troops to get uh, to their to their goal. Um, loved that opening shot of the battle, really from uh, from Crosshair. Uh, taking out the tank. Um, I love oh, how so good. he's yeah. able to stay himself for long enough so that he can find the exact right point to hit the tank and blow it up with just one shot down the barrel of the tank. I thought that was well. That was cool. yeah, that was very cool. And yeah. I loved um, his sharp shooting up the spiral stairs using the little sort oh, of yeah. reflector discs yeah. um, to shoot up and even to take out the tactical droid mm-hmm. uh, at the end. Um, like that was very cool. Yeah. 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 Whether it was possible in reality, I don't know, but very, very cool. Like, that <laughs> is proper, proper sharpshooting. He's amazing. Yes, it's dead shock level. Yeah, yeah it, it We're is. going into DC here. It's just like, or bullseye for you Marvel fans. Yeah. It was just basically the paper clip through the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's Crosshair's central trait. That's it, a, yeah, that absolutely. He, he is the sharpest of shooters. And Ooh, he certainly proved that uh, in this in this battle, yeah. But should we get to towards the end of the Battle of Desic? Because this is where the show gets very, very dark. Mm-hmm. Um, we get to the end. The tactical droid, um, the commander, has been taken out. We got the Governor Tawny essentially holding the Empire uh, hostage um, and basically saying, we want our independence. We were already, we're not with anyone. We just want to be left alone. Mm-hmm. Leave me alone or I'm going to kill. And we get back the... The usual, which is, we orders must be followed. Good soldiers follow orders. Yeah, there's uh, a moment between the two of them as, as Cody puts down his gun, and he seems to be willing to negotiate with her again. Cody had been a very heroic character, as we'd seen throughout throughout the Clone Wars, um, so I'm sure he'd learned a bit of the negotiation tactics. But when Tony agrees and hands over Governor Grattan, it's it's him that makes the decision. He's the one that says, "Kill her now." Basically, we, yeah. we can't uh, we can't give her independence. We won't give her independence, and she can't hold this over the empire effectively. So, uh, Cody refuses. He he um, steps away, or at least hesitates uh, for a moment. But the shot then rings out as Crosshair takes her out without a second thought. Yeah, which is what that I, this was the bit that but, shocked me. Um, again, this technically yeah. is a, a, a child's show. Let's say a teenager <laughs> yeah. at this point. I, I, technically. I'd say they know their audience. I'd say they yes. know their audience have, have continued on from uh, from the Clone Wars, which uh, did end off very adult. Um, the bit that shot me was more the line from Grattan afterwards. Now hang her up in the street and make an example of her for the rest of the... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know. It's like, whoa, okay. This is And not- if you pause the if you pause the shot, yeah. mm-hmm. like as it kind of pans out into the, the thing, you can see on the ramparts a body. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and I mean, like, it's it's Nazi level kind of yeah. Uh, yeah. tactics here, and I mean that makes sense for the Empire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I thought that was it. Really went dark, and I mean, even just after that, as you get the new stormtroopers arriving for effectively the occupation, you get this really, it's nicely bleak underlying musical score that happens mm-hmm. which kind of carries on through right till the end um it it's it yeah. really kind of tones the whole episode very darkly with mm-hmm. this music for me at least it just it was almost just like that flip with governor Gratton effectively t- ordering them to execute her uh, and so on i liked as well that in a sense because of what had just happened that 
in effect, new hope, that hope that somehow you could have some kind of negotiation mm. and, and the, the actions of Cody in putting his gun down, um, you know, with Governor Tawney. But I, I really liked her reference that, you know, Count Dooku was right. I mean, so again, real, really the sense that Dooku is in some ways not being rehabilitated, but mm. actually almost slightly different shade from the movies that actually for a lot of people he was still that awful um sort of uh apprentice to um palpatine mm-hmm. um like we saw with ramor from the last episode you know on his home world mm-hmm. but here um you have the, this this understanding from governor tawney that count duca was right that um you know the Republic was turning into something else that, yeah. you know, yeah, because yeah. they don't necessarily know all the machinations behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, she says peace was never an option. Um, try to bring peace between the trade federation and the Republic at the time mm-hmm. in, in the Republic Senate, uh, but was rejected yeah. by Palpatine. Exactly. So, you know, she's, She's kind of almost understanding that, you know, this is a bit final uh, in herself, but is trusting Cody enough, and then it's completely whipped out from under her and Cody. Absolutely. So I I, I like, you know, that's a real contrast, um, and I I like that a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. So that was the taking of Desik into the Empire. That's how they they are no longer uh, kind of alone and that's the end of where it goes dark but then we have one final blaster point yes we have one final blaster point which is we mentioned it we touched on it very briefly at the beginning that the the, the clones are going AWOL yeah mm-hmm. um, so this is the, the the beginning of the end of the, the clone army and some of them are kind of are starting to fight their um programming mm. um and first well one of the the most notable being cody uh, we already know rex and the few are kind of in the wind from season one mm-hmm. uh, and we have seen him so now we're seeing cody join him maybe and more yeah yeah uh, we, don't, we don't know where cody's gone at all but i do think you know john you mentioned the the bleakness of the of the closing the uh the the music seeming very uh very Blade Runner, which is yeah. something we also said about the music in Andor um, throughout the season, and it felt very Blade Runner, felt very stark in comparison to the type of music that John Williams usually would produce for a Star Wars uh, movie in yeah. uh, uh, in the past. Um, so I do love that that's how the conversation plays out between Cody and and uh, and Crosshair, and there is that moment of the are we the bad guys here? Yeah, um, <laughs> it I, really is. I, I've been told that we're bringing peace and order to the galaxy, but if peace and order is shoot a leader in the head and hang her in front of her people, maybe we're not the good guys uh, in this situation. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think the other thing potentially that may resonate with Crosser and kind of why I was saying this, this whole sort of almost chipping away at his position, which is good soldiers follow orders Mm -hmm. is when Cody says to him, you know, if you do that, are we not just the same as battle droids, which are just programmed? Like Mm -hmm. they have no choice. The orders are transmitted to them through their hardwire. Whilst they're clones, they are still, you know, human, I guess, in that sense. They can still make a choice. Yeah, Yeah, they can still make a choice and, and so on. So, I, I just wondered, would that begin to start to chip away at Crosshair's position mm-hmm. on this? I don't know. Because certainly after what had happened on uh, Desix in, in the governor's office, um, you know, Crosshair certainly didn't take any moral high ground. No. I think there was enough of a pause and hesitation from Cody that suggests he could have done it, mm. but Crosshair stepped in. And, and took out Governor Tawney. So, you just, yeah, it's you just don't know where the show's going to go with it because, like yeah. we were saying all the way throughout season one, we're kind of going, oh, you know, they'll make it up and Crosshair will join the Bad Batch again and off they ride as heroes into the future kind of thing. But as the story goes on and on and on, you're kind of going, well, Crosshair can't really be redeemed from what he's doing. They keep 
layering on the darkness, layering on that he does believe in the truth of the Empire, does believe in their mission. And this is another episode where he's done it. So this episode is more about Cody's realization and Cody going AWOL and Cody leaving the Republic as opposed to Crosshair questioning himself because he's literally just done another murder on behalf of yeah. the Empire. So he's had the conversation, yes. He's being posed and his morals are being questioned and he's being left alone in rooms to ponder what he's doing. But he's been doing that all along and he's still going along with the yeah, Republic. Yeah. So so I don't know whether the story is going to be the Crosshair comes back or whether it will just be seeing the Republic build through the eyes of a former member of the Bad Batch and him being the antagonist for the Bad Batch for the whole of the show. I I I think that is where we are now. They are as you said, they've layering on the points where redemption they they made you that he does a final act of redemption to to attempt in his final dying breath kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. But like it very Darth Vader esque, which is like he turned bad. He killed all the younglings. Yeah. But in his final act, he saved Luke and killed the Emperor. Well, th- it, it's, threw him I off think, the balcony. Uh, not, yes. not killed, as we found out, for some reason. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Let's not go into You'll that. So this is a whole yeah. other podcast. Um, but I think that's what they, they the only thing they can do, because they're essentially setting him up to, within a few more episodes like this, he will be killing random kids mm-hmm. in the street kind of thing. Yeah. Like, he's just... And it will be because orders... It was the orders exactly. and must follow orders. His, his hobby is drowning kittens, I guess. <laughs> yes, okay. exactly. I mean, that's where yeah. we're getting to. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you could creatively tell a good enough story for him to be redeemed. Yeah. Because he is this now. Like, he just killed that woman. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know if I want him to now. Because he yeah. is a good foil to the Bad Batch, yeah, which absolutely. are trying to find their own way in the galaxy at kind of at war with itself mm-hmm. um in the in the creation and the kind of the 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 larval stage of what is the empire yeah well, it's not even larval anymore but that's um, a great the, the young stage yeah i like that the larval stage yeah absolutely <laughs> it's a pupa yeah. um they haven't gone cocooned yet um yeah. but i think that's where it's the fun, and I think Omega is the new crosshair, and in a good way. Mm-hmm. But I do start to wonder if how they build on the crosshair mythos in the next couple of episodes and see this season. Where do you give him his own now? He already had his own little battalion before, mm-hmm. but do you get now a new battalion of crosshair likes? Um, not now Clone ninety nine, Clone Force ninety nine, mm-hmm. because they were all different. But more, maybe they do. Maybe they give them a load of dark troopers, yeah, yeah, like, or stuff like that. So or, or maybe they, yeah, kind of as you say, they they bring them back as a leader. Like I was intrigued by um by Vice Admiral uh, Rampart again, um specifically giving him his missions, bringing Crosshair in and giving him his missions and assigning him to where he needs to assign him. Uh, it didn't seem particularly bothered that Cody. And any of the other troopers were were going AWOL. It seemed to be just a nonchalant thing to say, you know. Oh, yeah, another one of the clone troopers has uh, has changed sides again and run away. We don't really know where they are. Someone like Commander Cody, who's been involved uh, in this group for such a long time, probably has quite a lot of intel to share with <laughs> with whoever he sides with. But Rampart didn't seem too bothered about losing another clone trooper. But I wonder if the path now for Crosshair is working with Rampart and working his way up uh, within the clone army to become a leader again you know he's uh, he, he has been sent off on another mission with another leader it's not he hasn't taken over a new uh, a new leadership position but uh, I wonder if he ingratiates himself more and more with, uh, with Rampart as we go along will he become his right hand man again yeah it'd be interesting so. to know what this new mission that has been assigned to Crosshair by Rampart is mm. um like whilst it wasn't mentioned, I'm guessing it is to quietly take out the bad batch. Maybe, maybe given yeah. the falsification of the report mm. and him effectively needing to uh, clear up his uh, his mess. Yes, yes, we're about leaving a few messes behind as we went. I think I think they'll they'll the then one of the next ones will be a crossover, hopefully with the batch again. Yeah. But 
That is still so far away. Mm-hmm. So, gentlemen, as we come to the end, do you have any notes for this episode that you else you'd like to point out? Uh, none from me. Um, I just got two that we didn't mention that I really wanted to mention. I love how um, the team take out the Droidica, um, who I always love the idea of the Droidica with a shield on itself, sh- being able to shoot out through it, but not being able to get shots in through it. Love throwing the sticky bomb at one of the battle droids, shooting it in the head. It folds through the shield and blows up the Droidica. I thought that was so yes. cool. It was a really cool little, uh, little move. Uh, and then you mentioned earlier on, John, about uh, Tony Amy's working uh, in the Senate, uh, and she mentioned she worked with uh, Mina Bonteri. Uh, that's the senator of Andron, who was a very good friend of Pam- Padme Amidala. So uh, a little reference and throwback to uh, to the Clone Wars as well. So excellent. Uh, she, she did stuff. have some connection uh, in the past. So like good stuff. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Excellent, excellent. Well then, gentlemen, with that, we must close out this episode. But before we do, I have to ask, what are your final thoughts of the Bad Batch season two, episode three, the Solitary Clone, John? Um, I absolutely love this. I'd give it four and a half meals for one out of five. Um, <laughs> I just really just enjoyed the whole sort of overarching aspect of here of the empire, you know, taking planet by planet, um, in different ways, coming back to cross her as the solitary clone back in the field, um, seeing his, his sharpshooting, you know, a, sh- a shot down the barrel of a tank. Really good. Uh, Spiral shooting, very cool. Um, All all of the different sort of that urban warfare and then just, you know, that dark turn, seeing how the stormtroopers are the ones that are being asked to occupy, not the clone troopers. It's almost like they're sending them on the missions and a few of them will get popped off, just reducing their ranks further because, Mm -hmm. again, there is like, you know, you've got an entire army of clone troopers here and um, being asked to effectively get taken out of existence in, in some way. Um, so I like all that transitional stuff. Seeing Commander Cody was a real surprise and having him going AWOL, I think, is really uh, interesting for the remainder of this series. Mm-hmm. And as I say, for me, I just wonder whether there's redemption in it or not or whether it's redemption with a final hurrah uh, in a sacrificial way. It's just, you know, to what extent are some of these things going to chip away or at Crosshair's position, or is he so cold and detached mm-hmm. that it just doesn't? Um, so yeah. uh, really enjoyed all the different aspects of this uh, episode. Uh, so for me, yeah, four and a half meals for one out of five. Excellent. Excellent. Derek, what about yourself? You mentioned meals for one. We forgot to say um, that we now know why Crosshair is so so thin in comparison to the rest of his clone uh, of the clone troopers because he doesn't get to eat any meals. <laughs> Vice Admiral Rampart seems to call him the minute he puts a mouthful of his, of his breakfast into his mouth. Um, no, really enjoyed this episode. Uh, this is a perfect episode of the Bad Batch for me. Um, I I love how they uh, drop episodes like this in between uh, other types of episodes, more fun episodes, that kind of stuff. So um, so they they will never have a show which is darkness every week. That's not how the yeah. Bad Batch worked. That's not how Clone Wars, uh, Clone Wars worked as a, as a cartoon either. Um, but when they do an episode like this where you get the uh, other side of what's happening on the Empire, the other side of what's happening with a character you haven't seen in a while, uh, and you know, bringing back someone like Commander Cody uh, to the show, I think they're really, really good. So uh, this is, yeah, a perfect uh, Bad Batch episode for me. Loved it. How about yourself, Chris? Hey, same. This, the, the darkness here kind of pulled you in after the levity of kind of episode one and two again not that levity but the the, the foil to this it is it the the two sides of the coin we get the bad batch which have omega and upbeat and wrecker making jokes and all that fun and games and then you get this very dark episode Mm -hmm. like and basically about the occupation of a planet a system and the, the basically stringing up um, uh, enemy combatants in the town square. Um, as John said, very Nazi-esque. Um, and I think that's, it's good. It's going to be the part that I think will keep me quite engaged this season. If every two, three, four episodes, we get a very dark or at least a somewhat kind of 
let's show how really bad the Empire is in in kind of true form. Mm-hmm. Like when they start burning books or the, that's where we'll be like, oh, yeah, okay, they, we are the bad guys. <laughs> um, I want to see that. Yeah. So overall, really enjoyed it. Um, definitely a, a one to kind of whet the appetite to see more of Crosshair in the future. Excellent. Excellent. Right. I think we have some thoughts on episode one and two of The Bad Batch from our wonderful fellow Batchers. Excellent. So we got a little bit of feedback on the first two episodes of The Bad Batch in after they've aired. Uh, but I've been thinking about the episodes myself as well. And there's something that we kind of forgot to bring up. And it actually aligns quite well with episode three. Um, something we kind of forgot to bring up is that the Bad Batch themselves are in hiding, right? From yes. the Empire after yes. what happened to them on Kamino. But Sid has brought in this new character, this pirate, effectively, Fee, yeah. who she's told all about the Bad Patch, their, their distinguishing features. She knew all about them, you know, That's how true. they look different and how they're not like other clones and how they're on the run, you know. So they know all about that. So she knows all about that, which isn't great for their undercover uh, hiding no, I guess it depends how much she travels between systems. Yeah, she's an and... un- untrustworthy pirate, though. Well, that is true. <laughs> at that the is moment, true. At least. She might ultimately. She's a pirate. Mm-hmm. She does go off, um, you know, looking for bounty, like mm-hmm. Sid. That kind of yeah um, enterprise, Presumed shall we so, say? Yeah. Yeah. So, if there was a bounty put on it on the Bad Batch high enough, yeah. she might decide to cash in the chips little, that she has. A little dangerous game. It is. There, yeah. Um, and then the other thing, which is specifically to do with episode three with the solitary clone. Um, is this our feedback section it is in the ki- feedback? It is kind of our feedback section <laughs> in the feedback, yes. It's just because I've been thinking about it because it's a good show to think about yeah. afterwards. And, you know, we sometimes don't get the time when we're recording a little bit in advance. But they left Crosshair behind on Camino, and he knows that the Bad Batch are still alive. Yes, Vice Admiral Rampart doesn't know that the Bad Batch are alive. He went to and, and killed uh, at the end of episode two, he killed um, the, the the clone trooper that was there, um, be- specifically because he put into the documents that the Bad Batch were alive, and he looked really shocked at the fact that they could possibly be there. So that means Crosshair hasn't told Rampart that the Bad Batch are alive. No, so Crosshair has filed a report that they've been killed. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's actually all linking back to Crosshair. Yeah, interestingly. So, Interesting. Yeah. yeah, so it's something to keep an eye on. So we've been saying that Crosshair, specifically this episode, we talked all about Crosshair not being redeemable. And I don't think he is. Again, he has murdered quite a lot of people. But um, the fact that he's still not willing to tell his boss that the Bad Batch are alive, will there be future consequences for him not doing that? Potentially. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder about that. Anyway, those are my thoughts since I watched the first uh, couple of episodes. Well, that is, yeah. And I mean, also, there's still the point with Rampart that he has also told his boss mm. that they're dead. Exactly. So it's kind of, um, Crosshair's lie has netted Rampart into a lie, even though he probably didn't know, um, that it was a lie. Yes, he didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Oh, and one other thing. Oh. One other thing. We mentioned, we said we'd come back to it because uh, on the first episode, when we watched it a couple of times and we'd, we'd mistakenly taken what Fee had said about uh, the information that she provided to Sid, that that, that was, um, I think we'd said that she was going to give her more information if Sid brought back the uh, the stockpile from um Count Dooku's uh, war chest, yes. effectively. But actually, when we watched it again, um, what, Fee is saying is that she wants payment out of Count Dooku's uh, war chest because that's the information that she's given to Sid. Sid didn't know yeah. about uh, about the fact. Yes, that a little a correction there. there. I think I had uh, mentioned that wrongly. I'm saying the I'm saying the royal we here, John, because I don't want to throw no, you under the it bus. It was me. We, it was me. I, I misremembered <laughs> it or you know didn't fully get it down in my notes what that's was it. happening so that's it yeah okay not a, not a major distinction well, let's get on with our fellow batches feedback yes which i think is probably uh the more important stuff always here. is always um, is but yeah I mean, we do get more time to digest yeah. and marinate on the uh, on the episode so mm-hmm. uh yeah sometimes our, our initial impressions and the length of time we we were you know 
we record follow after we watch the show can be relatively short mm-hmm. then yeah sometimes things take on a different view uh, as time progresses yeah and as we mentioned before we are restricted to the number of times we can watch it so uh so sometimes we can't we can't catch those corrections well, sometimes we can true. watch it as many times as we want when it comes out disney yeah, plus so exactly. uh, yes but as you said let's get on to uh some feedback that we got in uh first up jamie lawson over on facebook says do you guys think the horn that's on sid's desk is from the creature in the attack of the clones uh the one that trampled Django fett i believe it was sliced off sliced off by mace windu nice easter egg if it is as also Count Dooku was present and seeing the episode was about nicking his war chest uh, Jamie also said that he di- he also got that uh, Indiana Jones Last Crusade vibe from uh, Omega being told to save herself not focus on the war chest um, so I'm glad it wasn't just me uh, that got that vibe yeah uh, good Jamie. stuff Jamie yeah. Um, yeah no I mean it was uh, I think when you mentioned it yeah absolutely I mm. just at the time didn't get the Indiana Jones vibe from it Mm -hmm. but uh it would also be good um if that uh horn on sid's desk was a little easter egg here uh from the clone wars or attack of the clones um because uh yeah i mean i think you know this episode it's starting to see those easter eggs from you know moving through from season one Mm -hmm. and I say it, the wider Star Wars world now. I mean, yeah. given we've gotten crossovers from um, the animated world into live action mm-hmm. now with Ahsoka, yeah. uh, for example, we know we're going to get uh, various uh, members of the Rebels um, in Ahsoka as well. Mm-hmm. We have crossovers between the animation as well. Yep. So, yeah, it, it'll be good to see some of these Easter eggs coming in and sort of the, those wider um, sort of storylines uh, feeding into the Bad Batch, even though they, you know, they will keep those those mission-orientated episodes. Mm. And I think certainly for episode three, it feels like that continuation from from season one and certainly with cody uh there as well Absolutely. into the wider clone wars um vibe uh as well yeah yeah absolutely yeah definitely see those connections it would be cool if this, if the horde was from uh the creature from attack the clones uh jamie but i did have a look um the uh, obviously it's the same um office that sid's been using for the last last two seasons effectively uh everybody just focused on the fact that she has like a mandalorian helmet on the wall and some stormtrooper helmets and stuff so uh i, I can't see anybody that's picked out that the horn is uh is the creature from attack of the clones nobody seems to have picked that up uh but it'd be a cool at least drag i'd love to see if uh if well, the showrunners have talked about it picked this up. jamie's picked it up of course because yeah. because uh, we have the best listeners so good spot jamie i'll yeah. say um Absolutely. for sure um we also got some feedback through from Dr. Bob Phillips as well on the first two episodes. He says, It's good to be back with this adventurous crew. I'm always impressed when the show can recap the key bits of the characters, backstory, and set the context for the new viewers without it feeling like an info dump or inducing yawns. <laughs> Other things that impressed me in this split in two episodes were the container ship design cracking development of now into the future Mm -hmm. Uh, the use of Chekhov's ship plan lesson and (laughs) the probable seeding of the benefits of play for the sake of play into Omega's rather odd childhood most shocked by anyone's ability to move let alone hobble along with a shattered shaft of (laughs) femur well indeed the bats are strong um, but yeah, I, I do understand that they, they didn't even splint his leg. Uh, they just kind of carried and dragged him. Yes. Yeah. Well, and, and as well, I mean, I think, uh, you know, Dr. Bob is absolutely right. You know, they always have a great recap bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope my synopses aren't too long and yawn inducing. That's all I can say. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is true. I, ho- I hope not. I um, know. Oh, <laughs> I'll need to get an out of 10 or something. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it, I think that was always one of the good things though, mm-hmm. um, with Clone Wars was just that, that kind of news broadcast at the start that yeah. really just, um, I guess is what I aspire to in my synopsis. Yes. Yeah. Just synopsises, synopses, <laughs> I guess, um, executive summaries. Um, yeah. But for sure, I think um, 
the show does a really they good job. They do it well. Yeah, yeah. Even, in, even in the language they use so that you know, you know, even bringing in the character like Fee to go, right, the difference between each of these Bad Batch members is this, 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 yeah. this, this, right? You big, tall, strong guy, you come with me. You know, it's done really, uh, really quickly, uh, introduced to you who, who all the characters are and off you go, you know. So, uh, so yeah, I think they've done a really good job there. Excellent stuff. Thanks, Dr. Bob. And thanks, Jamie. Um, yeah, thanks, Dr. Bob. And we do want to hear your feedback throughout the season. Please uh, let us know what you think, especially about this episode, Solitary Clone, I think is my favorite uh, so far, as we as we mentioned. So I'd uh, love to hear your thoughts about, about where you think the show is going. Uh, email us to feedback at TV Podcast Industries or pop on over to our Facebook group. We have a a spoiler post up on the Facebook group for each episode of the show as it's released as well. Yep. Thanks again to our fellow batches for their uh, feedback there on the first two episodes. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Right. Let's get back to us so we can say bye bye. (laughs) Bye. Good stuff. That's it for our discussion about the Bad Batch 203, The Solitary Clone. We'll be back next week with Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 4, Faster on January 18th. Excellent stuff. And if you've liked what you've heard, why not head on over to patreon.com slash TV podcast industries where you can support us for any monthly amount. If you just want to buy us a coffee to get some blue milk into our systems, why not head on over to buymeacoffee.com slash TVPI where you can get us a one-off donation of blue milk or green milk depending on your colour choices or can't do that why not head on over and write a review on Apple Podcasts or just share the podcast because sharing the podcast is what gentlemen? It is sharing, sharing the, the love. love. Yes. Yes, it is. yes we'll be back for faster on January 18th until then we will speak to you again soon absolutely yes also starting this week our coverage of The Last of Us uh, which airs on HBO Max from the 15th of January and on Sky in, in Europe uh, from the 16th of January so really looking forward to The Last of Us I'm very adult show i'm told uh so really looking forward to seeing what they have in store uh, based on the wonderful playstation video game uh the last of us directed by greg mason who brought us the excellent uh, chernobyl so uh really looking forward to, to seeing what they have in that show so uh two different shows once again we're back yes, yes Pedro pascal will never get away from just taking small ch- small uh things and moving them around mandalorian and now the last of us yes one child for a different child mm-hmm. Yes, but there we have it, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, bad batchers, badders, baddies, batchers, <laughs> and everything in between. We will speak to you very soon. Thank you so much and speak to you then. Bye. Yeah, thanks so much, fellow batchers. Uh, we'll see you next time. Uh, but in the meantime, keep watching, keep listening, and keep being bad. Bye. Bye.